Look at your neighbor and say, I am expecting the unexpectable. Now go to the next person on the other side of you and get real strong and loud. Say, I am expecting the unexpectable. I am expecting the unexpectable. I, I believe that when we are, are saying something like unexpected miracles, it sounds a little oxymoronic because how can you get an unexpected miracle if you're not expecting a miracle? When the Lord laid this on my heart, the, my, my thought was, and what I felt the Lord impressed on my heart, is that we, we the church, our church, our church, that we are going to see God just do some things in our church and in our future that wasn't even on our prayer list. Isn't it great when God just does something you didn't even ask for? He, you didn't even ask for it. And God just by his faithfulness and his miraculous power just drops something in your life. Because some miracles are, are from a petition from God. You know, it's the list. We've made a list, a petition, and, and just when you're about to give up hope, God just drops into your life an unexpected miracle. And then I believe others are because he's just faithful like that. Like I said, I think God just sometimes just shows up and just, you didn't even ask for it. It's like that Christmas present that you get that you didn't even ask for. You didn't even know you were going to get it, but it was just unexpected. And it's absolutely the best gift, I, you know, you ever get. I remember years ago, I remember it was when Holly and I I were first married I think before we even had kids she gave she gave me some gifts for Christmas that was like toys I got a Nintendo N64 now that shows them now all you gamers I know you're like okay bro you still got it yeah I do still have it when it was judgy don't be all judgy about it but but I remember it just being like I didn't expect it was all these little it was like a remote control car I didn't ask for any of it but it was the best Christmas ever it, it took me all the way back to my childhood. And so it was an unexpected gift that I still remember today because I believe God really wants to just drop some unexpected miracles along the path of our church and along the, along the path of your life because miracles are still God's idea for us even though we don't see it. I'm going to say that again. Miracles are still God's idea for our life, even if we don't see it. And what often hinders miracles is often because we are so quick for alternative options. You know, a lot of times we only will believe God for a miracle until a better option comes along. You know, because we, we have door number one and door number two and door number one is God and waiting for a miracle from God and and door number two is is a safe alternative it's a safe alternative and and a lot of times especially in our westernized culture in our American culture we are a blessed nation and we have so many things that are available to us and so our our expectation for a miracle is without even trying is often decreased in our life because we always have door number two it's like I'm believing God for a miracle in my body, but I'm just going to go ahead and go to the doctor. And I'm not speaking against doctors, but there's always an alternative oftentimes in our life. Now, there's sometimes we reach a time in our life where there's not an alternative and we're just believing God for a miracle. But oftentimes the expectation is diminished because 
we believe there's other alternatives and we do it with the purest of heart. But sometimes it's, we, we just need it now. And instead of really believing and, and trusting God in faith and believing that God is going to do a miracle in our life, we will just, we will settle for, I need it now out. We will, we will go, I, I need it now. So I'm going to go ahead and just operate my plan because I just need it now. It's the, it's the way that we live. Waiting on God for miracles is something that we no longer are spiritually conditioned for. Oftentimes, we just, we just were not conditioned of believing for miracles. And when we hear miracles, we're like, well, I, I think I remember there was a miracle one time back when I was a kid in church. And I think I heard about some somebody that that God healed their body miraculously right there I mean we we know that miracles happen but we have to sometimes think way back but I believe that God is still today is is a God of miracles I believe that he still is working Miss Carlene posted this and I, I took it from her page she she posted just a picture of something that was very just right on time for what I was going to share today and I just took a a few sentences of it, and I wanted to read it, and it said miracle territory. And this is what it said. New Testament believers did not go around searching and probing to get a miracle. They lived on miracle territory. They were in the kingdom of God, and they perceived the miracle working hand of God in every situation. They believed that everyday Christianity was a miracle. They live their life, the early church lived their life every day and says, my very, the very faith that I, I have in Jesus is a miracle. And when we realize that we're not hoping and, 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 and trusting and, and maybe one day there'll be something that I can verify as a miracle in my life. But when we realize that because we once were lost and now we're found, that's a miracle in itself. That's a miracle in itself. And when you realize that your life in Jesus is a miracle, because you know what? You can look at your past. I can look at my past. And if it wasn't for the faithfulness and grace of a good God, where would I be? Come on. Is there any miracles that are in the room that can just wave like this and say, God has been faithful to me. So we have faith, but do we have expectation? There's a difference between faith and expectation. Faith fertilizes expectation you 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 can't ex expectation is built on faith but faith doesn't imply that expectation is there so we know that expectation is another gear to faith because we can just believe for something but if we don't have this place of expectation in our life if we aren't speaking expectation if we're not trusting expectation if we're not watching what we say and and the language that comes out of our mouth concerning the the situations of our life everything hinges on our faith and everything hinges on our expectation do you really expect that what you read in the bible and the miracles of jesus do you really believe it can happen in your own life? Do you really believe that the miracles of God are still available for you and your family? That's the question. Do you really believe it? Because I don't want to live the rest of my life trying to like take a, 
something that happened and, and try to say, well, is that a miracle? I want obvious miracles to come knock on my door. I want miracles to show up in my family. I want miracles to show up in my finances. I want miracles to show up in our ministry. I want there to be unexpected miracles that God will just drop into my life. You may not want it. That's all right. Just hang with me for a few moments because I believe that if you can just realize that miracles are available for you, that miracles are available for me, and we don't get a lot of amens because it's hard for us to think, could this ever happen for me? But my job here is to raise your level of faith and raise your level of expectation. It starts really in just the way that you approach your life, your daily conversations, how you go about how you have trained your brain to how you receive information that comes into your day and into your mind and how you respond to that. All of that is connected about to miracles that God wants to bring in your life. I read this. A young psychology student was serving in the army and was asked to be responsible for passing out apricots at the end of the chow line. And he rebuttaled with his sergeant, telling him, he goes, you know these soldiers, ain't none of them like apricots. There have been apricots at the end of the chow line forever, ain't nobody ever takes any. He goes, you've been trying to get rid of these for weeks. And, and, and being the young psychology student that he was, he decided to perform a test. And so he goes at the end of the line on the first day, he stood at the end of a line and he asked the soldiers that came by. He says, you don't want any apricots, do you? And 90% of them said no. The next day, on the second day, he tried a more positive approach. He goes, you do want apricots, don't you? And about 50% answered yes. And on the third day, he altered his approach even more with greater expectation. And he asked at the end of a line, one apricot or two? And in spite of the fact that the soldiers didn't even want no army apricots, 40% took two and 50% took one. All because he changed his approach of what his expectation was with apricots. And sometimes we have to take a, a, a back seat and realize, and what am I saying is, what, is what's coming out of my mouth when I'm faced with some stuff in my life? Is it, is it diminishing the faith and expectation for a miracle in my life? Because listen, I believe that we have to make up our mind to say, God, I'm emptying my basket of apricots today. I'm going to pass out everything that, that comes in my path. I'm going to make sure that expectation, that I'm going to just empty myself and everything. Because when you empty yourself out and you say, God, I just want to be faithful and I want to keep myself positioned for a miracle in my life, I believe that's what starts getting us propped up in our expectation to receive something great from God. Anybody with me today? Because when was the last time you came to God's house expecting something to happen? We expect teachers to teach. And we expect the singers to sing. We expect the preacher to preach. We expect the greeters to greet. We expect the ushers to ush. 
But what do we expect God to do? What are we expecting that when we come and we put our stuff down on that pew and we're standing there in the middle of worship, are we just singing the songs that's on the screen? Are, in, are we, as we're singing, are we going, God, you got to do something in me today? There's something that's in this atmosphere that I need to abstract from. I, there's something in this atmosphere. There's a miracle in the house for me today. There's some breakthrough that's got to happen in my family. There's some breakthrough that's got to happen with my kids. There's some breakthrough that's got to happen with my grandkids. And even though they're not with me today, God, what am I I'm expecting for you to do something in my midst today? God, help us today. Help us today. I don't want to sing about miracles I don't want to preach about miracles, God. I want to see miracles. I want to see miracles. I don't want to just sing, you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else, else like you. There is no one else like you. I don't want to just sing it, God. I want to know you are the God of miracles. I want to see it in my life. I want to see it in my life. Because he said that he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly. Exceedingly means extremely and exceptionally and majorly. And abundantly means plentiful and extensive. He's able to do extreme things in my life. He's, he's able to do plentiful things in my life. I don't have to live my life in lack. I don't have to live my life with praying for the same thing for my entire life. I am able to see that God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I could ever ask. Or th I'm ready for God to blow my mind with miracles. I'm ready to see it. I want us to be a church to where people are talking about us in town. Talking about, did you hear what happened at Pathway? Did you hear that somebody got out of a wheelchair? Did you hear that there was marriages that was on the verge of divorce, but they just came to church and, and God, by his power and their expectation, begin to put it back together again. I want people to talk about us like that. I don't want to just say, I don't want to try to conjure it up and try to move people's emotions to see a miracle. I just want to stand here and all of a sudden, people break out in healings and, and all kinds of miracles. I believe a God is still a God of miracles. I have to believe it. I have to believe it. And I'm speaking to discouraged hearts right now. I'm speaking to discouraged minds right now. I'm speaking to seasoned Christians that you've heard similar sermons just like this. And you go, I've heard it all before, but I'm still circling around the same Jericho. And I'm still going around the same thing, praying for the same thing. I don't know how to say it any better than this, but God has sent me into your space today to try to prop your faith up again, to believe that we serve a God of miracles. We still serve a God that is able to heal, that it doesn't matter what doctors say, it's not the final say, because I serve a God that is the final say. I wanna believe for miraculous things. 
I don't want to just hope. I don't want to like just like I'm shooting dice and hope God it'll be for me. No, I want to believe and walk in confidence that God is still a God of miracles. Woo, you're making me emotional today. I just want to believe it. I want to see it for the next generation. I don't want to hear my grandma talking about miracles and my great-grandma that talked about miracles. I want my grandkids to talk about miracles. I want them to see miracles. I want their, their expectation to believe that they don't have to settle for what society is trying to feed them, that what culture is trying to feed them, that they can stand in who they are and who they've been created to be and the stuff that we've poured into them and they can believe God for miracles again. It's up to us to keep miracles alive in the generations to come. I believe in a God of miracles. So we know that we raise our expectation. And it takes me real quick to a story that I find in Mark. It's a story of blind Bartimaeus. And it says in Mark 10, it says, verse 46, it says that when they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. It's interesting what you hear when you are believing and expecting a miracle in your life. We have this man, blind Bartimaeus, preached thousands and thousands of times. But we see the story here is Jesus is about 10 days from the cross. In fact, they say that it's the last recorded miracle of Jesus. And it's amazing to me that he, he stands there, he's sitting on the roadside and he's begging where he always is. And then he hears Jesus. If you want expectation to raise in your life and in your heart, you've got to control what you hear. Because you can't get a miracle from God if you're not filtering what you hear. And it's difficult because we hear a lot of stuff. We read a lot of stuff. And in this, in this time that we live in where it is information overload, information, we can, at a red light, if we're trying to figure out what that knock is in our car, we could, at a red light, Google it and try to narrow down three things that it possibly could be. It's a great time to live in to be able to get information, but it's also a difficult time to live in because it will also become this confusion for you as a believer. Because when you find yourself where we're in a, a society of, of information overload, you can have a, a, a pain in your shoulder and you Google it. And all of a sudden, you're faced with the information of what could it what it could be and the fear of what it could be and you're paralyzed in your faith 
And all of a sudden, where you used to be a little more disconnected from all of this information that is so accessible to us now, it, it allowed you, and that distance allowed you just to trust God and to hear Jesus come in. And oftentimes when we have this society and it makes it difficult for us in 2023 that we live in is because we want to say, I don't necessarily need to hear Jesus coming because I've got alternatives that I can other. I got door number two. I got door number two. And blind Bartimaeus was sitting there hopeless, blind, but he heard Jesus coming. I'm sure Jesus had passed that way many times before. I'm sure that he knew that Jesus had come through town before. But on that day, there was something inside of him that heard Jesus come in. I know that we hear a lot of things. I know we even come to church and hear the word of God. But we have to make up our mind that I'm not going to be moved by all of the stuff that I read and all of the stuff that I hear, that it takes away me hearing Jesus coming. Because expectation, you have to know what you're hearing. You've got to be able to control what you're taking in. That's why fasting is so good, because we begin to push away from things. We begin to turn off Netflix. We, we turn off TikTok for a while. We turn off Instagram Reels. We turn off all the things because we can hear Jesus coming. And so if we're going to expect God to do something, you've got to answer the question. What are you hearing? What are you hearing? What are you allowing yourself to to hear because I want to serve and I want to see the God of miracles but God is not going to compete with all of the noise of your life he's not he's never yelled louder than the noise that I've let into my life and we've got to hear Jesus coming and it says this when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth he began to shout. He began to shout. It's amazing to me that he heard and he began. So the, the hearing was only partly a part of the plan of the expectation for his miracle. He heard and then he began. We are good at hearing. We're not so good at beginning. We're good at coming to church and hearing the word of God. But when we get up and we walk out those doors, what does begin look like? Because we are wearing out pastors and preachers and have for years trying to get people to hear things without any commitment to begin. And so it's, it's like we come in, and I want you to come in, and we, and we try to get ourselves encouraged by the word, by the atmosphere, by the worship. We try to get ourselves encouraged so we can hear what God is saying. God's been saying the same thing from the beginning. And so we try to find creative ways to get it to be heard differently without a commitment to begin. 
Because what happened was, is Bartimaeus heard, and I'm sure he heard Jesus before, but that particular day, he began to do something different. He, he decided there's something different that I'm going to do. And the Bible says that he began to shout. He began to shout. He began to shout. He began to shout, son of David, have mercy on me. Because he realized even in his blindness, even in his blindness, he realized that there's something inside of me that works. It's my voice. And even though I can't see where Jesus is, can I have those sunglasses on the front row? Even though I can't see where Jesus is, I know that there's something. I may have my deficiencies. I may have the things in my life that I don't have confidence in. I have my shortcomings, but I have got to do something. If I'm expecting a miracle, I got to find the thing that does work inside of me. And Bartimaeus says, I don't even know where he's at. And I don't even care where he's at because I know I can release a shout in his direction. I know that I can say something. I know that my begin is going to be a shout. So he began to shout, Jesus, son of David. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. It's interesting that he said, son of David. It's interesting that he said, son of David, because what we know about Bartimaeus, even in his blindness, he did his research. He realized that him and Jesus actually go way, way, way back. Because what has been preached from the Old Testament is that a Messiah is coming. And the Messiah is going to come from the lineage of David. So he did not just recognize him in the present. He began to say, listen, I not, I not only know you as a healer, but I know that you are sent to be my Messiah too. Woo. So he, he went way, way, way back in history. And if you're expecting God to do something in your life, sometimes you got to remember the miracles that he's done in your life before. You got to go all the way back in history and believe that God is going to do something for you. Yes, sir. There's a song Maverick City does. It says, you and I, yes, sir. we got history. We go way, way back. Uh, we go way, way back. Because you and I, we got history. We go way, way back. And it ministers to me because, listen, I am believing for a breakthrough in my life. And I have to sometimes remember and remind God, not that he needs to be reminded, but he has to, he has to remember. And I got to remind him that, listen, even though I'm standing in 2023 and I'm believing for a miracle in 2023, God, I've been on this journey a long time with you. I remember when I was a young 
young boy in around 1980 where I kneeled at an altar at a vacation Bible school and I said, Jesus, I don't know what this means, but I'm just going to ask you to, to just to come and live in my heart. I need a savior at the age of seven years old. We go way, way, way back. And then I remember as a little bit older and I begin to become this de developing this talent and I remember playing the drums and I remember saying I didn't know what I was doing. I love drums. And I said, God, I just want to give you glory by playing the drums. I don't even know if I'm playing it right, but I just want to give you glory. And I begin to remind Jesus in 2023, it says you and I, God, we got history. We go way, way back. And so I know that if I've been on this journey this whole time, I know that my expectation for a miracle where I saw a, a young boy in 1980 that I believed in you, that you could come and live in my heart and a, and a boy that began to grow and God began to use me and began to, to anoint me and to help me. I realized I've got a track record with you, Jesus. We go way, way, way back. We go way back. I'm not going to finish this sermon. I'm not going to finish this. But I'm just here to tell you, today is a day of miracles. It's a day of miracles. It's a day of miracles. And I'm just here to tell you that it doesn't matter what you've been going through in your life. And maybe you've been doing a lot of hearing Jesus, but you haven't began anything. It's time for you to find your shout. It's time for you to begin to say, God, I need you to show up in my life because I'm hearing a lot, but I need to begin. And I don't know who's here today that that ministers to, but there's something even in this one week left of fasting and prayer that you've got to begin. You've got to begin something because I don't want us just to talk about miracles. I don't want us just to believe that maybe one day if we just get all of the, the spiritual stars to line up, God will show us a miracle. And I'm here to tell you today that there could be a miracle for your life today. I'm going to say it again. I'm here to tell you today that you can begin to fertilize your faith and you can get to a place of expectation again. You can get to a place where you can make up your mind and say, listen, I'm just not going to hear about this, but I'm going to begin something in my life. I'm going to begin to see the goodness of God in my life. That's all I got. I mean, there's more, but that's all I'm going to do. That's all I'm going to do. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm speaking to discouraged hearts today. It's time for you to begin believing God for unexpected miracles for your life. It's time. It's time. I know that son's been on drugs for a lot of years. Who said he can't be healed today? Who said, who said, who said that because he's 
just drove you crazy for years. Rehab in and out, running around, don't know where he's at, won't answer his phone, phone cut off, went there, he's not living there anymore. I'm sure, I'm, I can imagine the story. But that doesn't mean that we don't serve a God of miracles. That it can't turn around. You have to remember that you've been on this road, for a lot of you have been on this road a long time with God. And you go, you and I, we got history. We go way, way back. We go way, way back. Because you and I, hey, we got history. We go way, way back. We go way, way back. Sing. You and I, we got history. We go way, way back. We go way, way back. Lift your hands. You and I, we got history. We go way, way back. We go way. Maybe you're here today and you don't even go that far back. Maybe you're here today and you're really just trying to lock into a relationship with Jesus. <laughs> Maybe you're blind, but it's not a Barnabas blind. You've been out there trying to find your way through life at the wrong places, wrong time, wrong people. And you're trying to figure out why you just kind of keep circling around the same struggles. Can I just tell you, you can begin today. Woo. You can begin today. I don't know how you preach about blind Bartimaeus without telling you the punchline that Jesus stopped. And he says, what do you need? And he says, Jesus, I want to see. His, your faith has made you whole. And he was no longer blind. And the Bible says that he began to follow Jesus down the road. And I'm here to tell you, if you don't know the Lord, I'm just here just to encourage you. Today can be the last day of your blindness. It could be the last day of your blindness. You can know a Savior. Stand up, everybody, if you will stand up. Every head bow and every eye closed for just a moment. If you are here today and you don't know Jesus, maybe you come to church and you're like, yeah, I come, but I don't know him. Or maybe I just stuck in this blindness and I know that I should be better by now but let me just tell you it's only the grace and the mercy of a good God that can call you out of sin and out of darkness into what the Bible says is marvelous light and I just want you with your head bowed and every eye closed if you're if you're here today and you go I need a savior 
I'm blind in my spirit. I want you to raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you. I want to invite you down in just a moment. I see your hand, sir. I see, I see your hand over here. And, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to have some courage. And, I, and we're going to have our ministers here at the front. And I want you to come down. And they're just going to pray with you. And so if that's you and you raise your hand, I want you to come down. Come on, don't think about it. No judgment. There is no judgment in this place. We have all walked this road before. But if you need Jesus, come on, clap your hands for those that need a Savior today. Come on, clap your hands for those. Come on, right now. If you need a Savior today, if you need Jesus, come on. Have Thank you so much for joining us. I pray that this was a resource and a blessing to your life. Go to our webpage, P-O-L-C, cc to connect with us on all of the things that we're doing and we want to stay connected to you because we believe god has some great things for you